too scared to sleep. <laughs> Four True Halloween Scary Stories Tonight, we start this series off with some creepy stories for Halloween. So, in the Halloween spirit, don't be too scared to trick-or-treat. I was about 11 or 12 when I was getting candy with friends on Halloween. It started getting pretty late, so we all decided to split up and go home. I was going down this one street that was really dark and this dude came out of his house as I was passing by and I heard, hey, I could use your help. I'm usually always willing to help and I didn't stop to think that maybe it isn't such a great idea to stop and help a complete stranger in the dark. So I stopped and waited for him to approach me and he came pretty close to me and said, can you please get in my car and start it for me, while I look at the engine? He had a really weird look on his face. I ended up getting really bad vibes and said, I actually really gotta get home. I could barely finish my sentence before he said, Oh, it's okay, you don't have to go home. I'm a nice guy and I just need some help. Please get in my car and help me. I'll give you a lot of candy for your help. I started backing away, and every time I stepped back he stepped closer. My heart was racing. He didn't necessarily do anything bad at all, but it was just the way he was talking to me, approaching me, and standing too close for comfort. I ended up just saying, I really have to go home, I'm sorry, and started walking really fast. And when I turned onto the next block, I ran really fast. I still think about it all the time, because I'm not totally sure what his actual intentions were. Maybe he genuinely needed help, but I had a feeling all over my body to just run. I know it sounds cliche, but this really did happen on Halloween. I don't remember my exact age, but I do remember that I was Charmeleon for Halloween that year. It was hot, being in Houston, but I enjoy the heat so it really didn't bother me that much. Anyway, my dad had taken me trick-or-treating around our suburban neighborhood that night. We were passing between two homes with garages that faced out onto the street. They were corner homes. These houses were known for giving out the best candy and having the coolest costumes. I knew them as the scary houses. Being the wimp that I was, I kept my head down and tried to scurry past them, knowing that they wanted to scare me. When I had walked far enough, I turned around to see my dad laughing. You can come back, sweetie. It's okay, he said. Everyone was looking at me. Then, I noticed a guy standing behind my dad. He didn't have any skin. He was all muscle, dripping blood all over the concrete. It was Halloween. I thought it was a costume. Then, he walked through my dad, 
like a ghost floating through a wall, as if he wasn't even there. My dad looked confused as he saw my face twist into pure horror. I quickly turned and ran as fast as my little legs could take me. In cliché fashion, I tripped as I was running. I shoveled my candy back into my bucket, along with dirt and grass from a neighbor's yard because I was shoveling so fast. Then, I got on my feet and bolted to my house. When I got home, I locked every single door and window and started crying. My poor father was still outside. I remember talking to my mom and her calming me down after that. She let my dad back in. When I mentioned it to him, he said he hadn't seen anything and looked genuinely concerned. I never saw the skinned man again, but it creeps me out to this day. This past Monday, my coworkers and I returned to our hotel from a day of work out in the field. Rebecca and I walked to our rooms, and as we stood outside of our rooms, I opened mine and I saw someone in the bathroom. I said hello. Nobody answered. My first instinct was that it was a cleaning lady in there for some reason, and then I saw my bag with my clothes in her hands. I said to my coworker, there's a woman in my room. Then I asked the woman, what are you doing with my stuff? It gets a little bit fuzzy here because I cannot remember everything I said and what she said, but she kept mumbling about how her key still worked, how it still worked and that's how she got in. I was in shock and she was obviously very flustered, having been caught mid-robbery. She dropped my bags and fumbled around with her purse in a white plastic bag. By this time, my coworker was behind me watching all the insanity unfold. This woman was scrambling and walking towards the door, and I said, what's in the bag? Thinking it's probably my stuff. And so she said, no, no, it's just my things. It's just my things, I'll show you. And so she did. I looked and I did not see anything of mine, and so since I'm obviously in shock at this time, I let her leave. I went into my room and it was ransacked. I did a quick look around to see if anything had been taken. All of my electronics were still there. Then I went into the bathroom and I saw my underwear, my bikini and my clothes shoved into my own bags randomly. Even my passport was shoved in there. Then I looked on the counter and I saw that she got into my medication. I'm not sure what was going through my head at that moment, other than I wanted it back, so I ran out the door to go find her. I ran to the laundry room downstairs and out to the sides of the hotel and I didn't see her. I realized I was never going to find her, so my coworker and I went down to the lobby to tell them what happened and then we called the police. We went back up to my room to wait and I noticed that there was a metal bat on my bed, a little larger than one of those novelty wooden bats you can get at a baseball game, but there was also a flashlight on the end. She must have left it behind in her hurry. She also left behind a necklace that must have fallen out of her bag when she was scrambling with mine. I was mostly freaking out at this point because I thought that she had gotten away with my medication that I needed. The police got there and took our statements and looked around the room as well. One thing that I noticed was there were bits of drywall in the sink and I pointed that out to the cops but none of us really knew where it came from. We started looking at the door and the windows to see if she pried her way in somehow, but there was nothing. So we kind of just went with the idea that she had a spare key or something, even though the hotel front desk was adamant that there's no way that could be. The officer that came brought two more officers, 
as backup because they thought the woman might still be in the vicinity. But after our statements were taken, there was nothing else they could really do, so they left. I sat down to finally make some calls to tell people, and as I'm on the phone, I'm thinking about the drywall in the sink, and it still didn't make sense to me. So I'm on the phone and looking at the drywall and the mirror on the wall right above it, and then it hit me. I got my coworker and asked her to help me pull at this mirror on the wall. And we took the mirror down, and there's a hole there just big enough for a desperate junkie to squeeze through. I asked Brian and Rebecca if I should call the cops again to let them know that I found this, and my boss said, there's still two cop cars in the parking lot. So, I went down to tell them, and the female cop kinda rolled her eyes at me, but the young guy said, I'll come check it out. They both came back up, looked in the hole, and found a pillow, blankets, cigarettes, clothes, toothbrushes. This woman had been living in the wall behind my mirror for god knows how long. She had access to me in my room at all times. I know it might be hard to picture. There was a crawl space about two feet wide in between the two rows of rooms. One of the officers called the original officer to come back and take pictures of this. She explained to him what was going on, and all I hear over the radio is no freaking way. He comes back, takes pictures, and is just as mind blown as the rest of us. Obviously, we packed up and left immediately. What's even crazier is she's probably been there a long time. The last time we stayed at this hotel, I would randomly smell cigarette smoke and I assumed someone was smoking in their bathroom and it was traveling through the vents. But nope, a junkie was smoking just on the other side of my mirror. She had access to other rooms too. The holes in the walls were from a renovation and the hotel hadn't properly patched and just covered it up with mirrors. She could have been hanging out in people's rooms when they were gone. One time, I went to the bar with one of my friends. I had just turned 21, so I haven't been to a lot of bars up to that point. My friend was drinking on the way to the bar, so he was already pretty drunk when we got there. When I sat at the bar, a cute girl came and talked to me and my friend. She said her name was Candace, and I noticed she had really bright red hair. I assumed she dyed it. It was pretty, but unnatural. Anyways, this girl was flirting with me and my friend. She could tell my friend was already very drunk. To be honest, I played along like I was drunk already too, since it seemed to be working for my friend. I didn't know if she was just trying to get free drinks, so I told her we didn't have much money. She offered to buy us drinks. She kept buying us drinks and I started to get confused as to who she liked, between me and my friend. My friend went to the bathroom. Before he came back, he was kicked out by the bouncers, because he was too drunk. Candace and I went outside with him. She kept telling him to come home with her. He was so out of it he could barely answer her. I told her he was too drunk, and that I couldn't let him go anywhere. I didn't want him to wake up hungover in some random house with no car, and no idea what happened. Candace kept pushing it, saying that she would take care of him, but I told her no, because I had to stay with him, and I was more sober than he was, and he was my responsibility. I told her the only way he was going anywhere was if I tagged along. I assumed she thought I was jealous or cock-blocking, but my friend could barely stand, and lost interest in Candace at that point. 
she immediately started flirting with me and offered to get my friend a taxi to drive him home. Then, she said we could go to her place alone. At this point, I had a few drinks and I was pretty buzzed, so I agreed. We took my friend to the taxi and walked to her car. I slightly stumbled on the way to her car. Wow, you're pretty drunk, huh? She said, smiling as she held onto my arm. Yeah, I said. I don't know why, but I just felt slightly shy and anxious. Everything was just happening too easy for me, so I felt uneasy. We got in her car and drove down the street. Want to stop at the liquor store and get some more to drink? I'll buy it, so don't worry about paying, she offered. I didn't want to drink any more than I already did. I was already buzzed and wanted to be able to carry myself throughout the rest of the night. Sometimes I make myself look stupid when I'm drunk, so I didn't want to ruin anything with Candace, more than I already did earlier with telling her my friend was too drunk. I told her I was already drunk enough, but she insisted. I didn't want to seem lame, so I told her to get me a pint of liquor with some apple juice to chase it. She went in the store and came out with a lot more than just a pint. I assumed she wanted to drink more, and that's why she got a big bottle instead of a pint. On the car ride back to her place, we passed the bottle back and forth, but she took tiny sips. I tried to take tiny sips, but she kept passing me the bottle and telling me to drink. I somehow managed to drink all of my apple juice and pretend to drink the bottle by spitting the liquor in the apple juice bottle. I tossed the apple juice bottle full of liquor out the window before she saw it. I didn't want her to know I was acting drunker than I was. She actually believed I was sloppy drunk when I was simply buzzed. I took a couple more sips of liquor and finished the bottle. Throughout the car ride, I called her the wrong name a couple of times to get a reaction out of her. She didn't react to it. She just kept letting me call her Carla without correcting me. For some reason, I thought she lied to me about her name initially. We drove up to her house. I pretended to trip and stumble into her front door. She helped me walk inside by holding me up. She opened her front door, which was unlocked. We walked in her house. She closed her front door and then locked it. I thought that was strange, but assumed she didn't want anyone walking in on us. I told her that I had to use the bathroom. I walked into her bathroom, locked the door, and looked in the mirror. I just felt strange. I felt like something was off. I felt myself becoming more drunk from finishing the bottle earlier. I turned on the sink to make noise and made myself puke up the liquor I drank. I flushed and went to the sink and started drinking the tap water out of my hands to sober up. I just didn't want to be drunk, but I still wanted to hook up with Candace, so I wanted to pretend to be drunk. I turned the sink off and I could hear her talking to someone saying, he's drunk as hell, he can barely stand up, you do it. Who is she talking to? And do what? I walked out of the bathroom and into the living room. The moment I stepped into the living room I saw her walking into another room. All I could see was the back of her head. That strange, very bright red hair went into another room. I didn't see her face or anything. I just saw her walk fast into the room. The living room was pretty dark. Hey, where are you going? I slurred like I was drunk. She walked back into the dark living room and up to me. Let's go in my room, she said. I looked at her bright red hair and then into her eyes. They were different. Her face was different. It was another girl with the same hair. That's when I realized. It was another girl with the same wig on. It was a wig the whole time. 
she had changed it with another girl for whatever reason. My heart felt like it stopped, but I tried to look like I had no idea it was a different girl. I kind of smiled at her, told her I just needed to use the bathroom one more time, and told her sorry I was so drunk. She said, it's fine, just hurry up in there. I went into the bathroom and locked the door. I heard her whisper something to someone again. This time, I heard a male voice whisper back. I honestly did not concentrate on listening to exactly what she said, but there was something sketchy going on, and I had to get out of that house. I opened the bathroom window and jumped straight out of it and ran faster than I have ever ran in my life. I didn't look back at all. I just ran through the backyard, jumped the fence, ran through someone else's backyard, hit a road, and ran toward the main road. I kept running down the main road until I saw a 24-hour convenience store. Then, I ran into the front of the store in front of the camera. I called a taxi and went home. I tried thinking what would have happened that night. What was she, or they, planning that night? Why did she tell me a fake name? Why was she trying to get my friend and I so drunk? I thought maybe a robbery, but she kept spending money on us. She kept buying us drinks, and even paid for my friend's taxi cab. And mostly, why did she wear a wig that she gave to another girl to wear? Who was she talking to? What did it mean? And what was in that room they tried to lure me into? The next day after this incident, I went back to the house with a couple of friends to see just what was going on. Nobody was there. No cars. No people. Nothing. Just an empty house. I ended up finding out that the house was a summer rental, and whoever those people were, they broke into that house and used it for only one night and never came back.